John chapter 8 and 7. We'll be in both of those this morning. As we, uh, where are we going to put kids? Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be fun. They'll be running the aisles. That'll be great. <laughs> Amen. It's going to be good. Uh, as I was, we were singing and, and uh, thinking about God being with us and God being for us and thinking about the series that we're doing where Jesus says, the I am's, I am the door, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the truth and the life. Today we're going to look at I am the light of the world. When we look at that and we understand that God is with us, he's for us, I'm reminded so much so that he is trying to show us who he is. Whether y'all believe it or not, this book was written not so that I could have a job. <laughs> this book was written to introduce Jesus to you and me. You know, it is the testimony of Jesus. And John says at the end of the book, he says, everything that Jesus said did, if, if, it, if, if there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain everything that Jesus said and did. There's just, there's, so it's not all here. And, and then there's the Old Testament, there's, there's the law of the Old Testament, but then there's the revelation of Jesus who, who brings about the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And so, so the New Testament is, is introducing God to us. And, and Jesus is saying, this is who I am. That's why the I am's are so important. He says, I am the way, the way. Say that with me. The way. There's no other way. I am the truth. Can you understand truth? Can you and I? Is there just one reality, one truth? Yes. It's the way of God. The truth. The way, the life. I, I'm the only thing that you can experience the fullness of why you were created is through me. And so he's identifying all those things about himself uh, in Scripture. And he says in John chapter 8, and it's about verse 12, he says, he says I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. He says, I am the light. I am the light of the world. And that whole idea, that whole thought that I am the light of the world is rooted in the fact that Jesus knew what kind of relationship he was in with the Father. He, he knew that. He said about himself, you and I need to get a hold of this, he said about himself, I don't do anything unless I see the Father doing it. I don't say anything unless I see the Father saying it. And, and there's nothing about what I do or say that I do outside on my own. I, I am in response to the Father. Because Jesus knew that before time began, he was. He says a little later on in John chapter 8, he, he says this, and it's interesting to me that this I am is not capitalized, but 
later on in the chapter, he says, he says, before Abraham was, I am. He's saying, when he's saying the I am's, he's saying the same thing that God says to Moses about who is sending him to Egypt. When they ask you who's sending, say I am is the one, the, the ever existing one, the one who has always existed. Is singing. Jesus is saying, I'm the light. And he knew who he was. He knew what kind of relationship he was in with the Father. Before time began, he knew why he was on earth, and he knew where he was going. He knew he came for the purpose of raising from the dead and taking on the fullness of what God wanted him to take on. And so when Jesus speaks, he speaks from God. You need to really get a hold of this. If you don't take anything else away from the message today, you need to take this away. When, God, when Jesus speaks, it's from God. And the reason I say that today is in this culture, in this, in this society, we have all kinds of people who are trying to argue against the Word of God. They're trying to say that, that things aren't sin, that somehow we're misinterpreting the Word of God. And 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 it's gonna it's just gonna grow. It's gonna it's gonna escalate this whole idea of questioning the word of God. And you need to understand that Jesus never speaks except from God. He speaks from God, he speaks for God, and he speaks as God. From God, for God. As God. And so, and so he's saying to us, I am the light of the world. And so what that means to me is, apart from Jesus, we live in darkness. It's impossible to live in the light if we try to live life without Jesus. We live in a state of limited capacity if we try to do our life without Jesus. And, and we live in a limited capacity as we view ourselves. We, don't, we have a limited ability to see things as they are. And we have a limited ability to see the world as it is. Unless we see it in the light of the way God sees it, we miss it. And what I want to point out, and, and, and this is not going to be a very preachy message. This is just going to be, we're just going to talk. What I want to point out is so many times in Scripture, it says about men and women that they did what was right in their own eyes. You know, and it took them away from the way God was, who he is. You know, you can't separate the word of God from the nature and the character of God, the full being of who God is. And that's what Jesus is trying to show us. I'm the light. I'm the way. I'm, I'm, I'm the thing that actually can enlighten your world. I'm going to enlighten you about you. How many, Michael's writing a song right now, I can't wait till it's finished. He's writing a song that says, I, I'm still discovering who I am. You know, how many of you are 30 or above and still trying to discover who you are? When I grow up, I'm going to figure out who I am. <laughs> it's funny how we're doing that. And, and sometimes we try to do that with God, Jesus. And Jesus said, you can't do that without me. We can live a good life on earth, but it's always incomplete without Jesus. It can't be complete unless we are in 
relationship with the creator because we are all created to crave the creator. We're all created to crave the creator. We're in a, we're in a, a relationship starved place. We, we need relationship with Jesus. It brings us into relationship with the Father. We just, we just had a small group on Friday night. It wasn't really a small group. It was really a medium-sized group. Matter of fact, this is so exciting to me. For the first time, I threw a party in holiness, and we got the cops called on us in the neighborhood. And they came, they came and invaded our neighborhood because we had so many cars parked along the street that they, they, they came and corrected us. And I was like, yes, I finally threw a righteous party in the cops' cave. <laughs> Anyhow, we talked about the Mount of Transfiguration. Anybody familiar with the story of the Mount of Transfiguration? He gets, a, uh, he gets three disciples and he takes them up to the mountain. And he actually takes on his glorified body. And he's taking on his glorified body and Moses and Elijah show up. Uh, these three disciples are looking at, at people who've been dead quite a long time, supposedly. But they had glorified bodies too. And, and these disciples who were human could see... Moses, Elijah, and Jesus in their glorified body. And, they, and you know what they said? Let's, let's build a tabernacle. Let's build a, let's build a, let's make a monument. Let's build a hutch. We'll, we'll house you here. This is cool. And as they were saying that, the Lord comes, the Father comes and shows up on the scene. And when the Father spoke, he said, this is my son I'm beloved, who, I, who, who I love, and I'm pleased. Hear him. Listen to him. And when they heard this voice, and when, and when the enlightenment came of the holiness of the Father, they fell to the ground as if they were dead. They could talk to Jesus and Moses and Elijah all day long, but when the Father came, boom. Because the only way to the Father into holiness is through the Son. And, and Jesus is our access, and we were created to be in that relationship with him. And it allows us to be in relationship with the Father, which gives us the ability to, to see light shined on darkness. That's what Jesus does. Jesus shines light on darkness. And so, when we think about all the things that Jesus said about shining light on darkness, now listen, let's just go real quickly. Let's go through the I am. Jesus said, I am the door to the kingdom. I'm the door. Now that means eternal life, but it also means to the kingdom. You can't do kingdom without Jesus. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one who leads you to green pastures. I lead you to prosperity. I'm, I'm the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the substance. I am the thing that you need to eat from to sustain you. I am the light of the world. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Unless you abide in me and me in you, you can do nothing. You see, there's this commonality that Jesus says, quit trying to do life without me. You know, when we sing these songs, we sing, God with us, God for us. Nothing can come against, nothing can stand between us. That is a very true statement. As long as you agree with God. See, what, what brings us into a place of, of e, being easily attacked or defeated is, is when we, we don't align ourselves with the light. 
As long as we're in the light, we have this, if God be for you, who can be against you? If you're aligned with God, then he's going to protect you. He's going to fight for you. But if you align yourself with worldly thinking or, or hellish thinking, then you're out on your own and you're going to reap that hellish thinking. He's, he doesn't protect us from that. He said, I'm the light of the world. And we're going to see how all that happens. So let's look at some of the common things we think about when we think about light. Now, these are just random thoughts. So this is random thoughts of the pastor. So I'm going to let you in my brain a little bit, and it's going to be scary for you. Things we know about light, it actually comes from the, the root word of that. Greek word is uh, P-H-O-S, phos, which we know, you know, has photo and all that stuff comes from that light thing. It actually means to manifest, to make something evident, to bring evidence to something, to expose something, to, to make something clear. And so, and so something's going to get exposed. When, when light comes into the darkness, something's exposed. So when God, the first day he did, he created, he created light. He said, let there be Light. And so he created, he says, by, you know, sun by day and the moon by night. And the, and the sun brings light. And I don't even think we understand light very well. But it, what we do understand about it is it, it brings warmth. And, and, and nothing can grow without light. You can't grow without coming into the light. Somebody say hallelujah. That's, that's worth taking home right there. You can't grow unless you come into the light. The stars and the moon, they illuminate the night, and even that helps you navigate darkness. You know, if you're, if you're seasoned, if you're a veteran of the night, if you're a sailor or if you're a hunter, or if you're looking for your dog that ran away, I don't know, but you can see where the moon is, and the moon helps you find things, and you can align with stars, and you know where the North Star is. It, it helps you navigate. The light, even at night, helps you navigate. What, what's the first thing you do when you walk into a dark room? You want, you want some light. You want to shine light into the darkness. Uh, we, uh, we accumulate knowledge enlightenment to to help us navigate life you know we we you have to you have to be enlightened on how to handle finances you have to be enlightened on how to choose a mate you have to be enlightened on how to work hard you know you have to you develop a work culture there's all kind of things that that you have to be enlightened to to actually begin to navigate life again i said uh, light light is always required for anything to grow uh, but the thing about light, as it begins to, have you seen something grow out of a crack or a crevice? You know, light permeates into every crack and every crevice. You know, when God shines on you, he's going to shine on every part of your life. He's going to shine it into the places that you don't want him to shine into. That's what he does. And that's what we're going to see. And what we're going to see, how important it is, is not the darkness. How important it is, is how much you want the light to shine. And I, I just want to start with this. I, I don't know where you've been. I don't know what poor choices you made when you were 16. But how many of us are 45 still worrying about the poor choices we made at 16? 
I mean, how many times do we hear the, you know, all the devil say all the bad things about all the poor choices we've made sometimes in the past? And we're even identified with that sometimes. But I just want to say this. I want to say this right off, right off the top before I get to the end. It doesn't matter what you've done. I don't care how bad your choices have been. I don't care if you've been an addict. I don't care if you, you know, were sexually abused. I don't care if you had a child in your teens and, you, and you've always labeled yourself negatively because you made some kind of mistake like that. I don't care if you had an abortion. I don't care if you committed murder. I don't care if you've committed rape. I don't care if you've been a drunk all your life. I don't care if you've been an addict. It does, it does not matter about the darkness. What matters is if you allow the light to change the darkness. Jesus said, I came to shine light into that, and I came to bring it light. I, I bring, you, when, you, when you come to me and you understand and agree with me, I bring light and life. He came to bring something good. He says, I work everything for good for those of you who love me and are called according to me. I, I bring good out of that. And so, and so there's this, this dealing with the darkness. Darkness really is just an absence of light. But darkness is laying in want of light. It, it, it's inclusive of actually being ignorant of divine things. If you're in darkness, when it comes to Scripture, you're actually ignorant of divine things. And the only way that you can be enlightened is through Jesus. And so Jesus is saying, I'm the light of the world. We're going back to Scripture. He says, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, it's interesting to me. We're going to see two parts of this. We're going to see this moving forward. Now, the reason I brought it up right at the beginning, that God didn't write this book so I'd have a job. He wrote this book so you could actually know the character and the nature of him who created you and has purpose for you. And he didn't subdivide it. We subdivide it. This is just a letter to John, from John, to the church, to you and me, that, that's, that's describing something. And so Jesus is saying this about himself, and then, and then it just keeps right on going. And so just assume that this, this, this story that's being told for a reason, and we want to get to that reason. In verse 13, the Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself, your witness is not true, because Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I have come from and I know where I am going, but you do not know where I've come from and where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one, which is capitalized, who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. And Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. 
These words Jesus spoke in the treasury and he taught in the temple and no one laid hands on him because his hour had not yet come. It was very offensive to those who heard him. And he was saying, he was saying to them, I'm God and me and the Father are one and you need to listen to me. Remember the things that we started with? Jesus knew, Jesus speaks from God, for God and as God. And he's saying that to them and, and, they're, and they're flipping out. But what sets that up to me is absolutely amazing. What sets that up is, is uh, uh, the beginning of, uh, of 8, chapter 8, verse 53. Uh, actually, it's chapter 7, verse 53, right near chapter 8. And the reason I just messed that up is because it's got a separation right there. And it picks up 53 and then picks up 8 in my book here. And so it's interesting. Now, now watch what happens here. Jesus is having this experience, this encounter. And at the end of the encounter, he's, he says, I'm the light of the world. So let's look at the encounter. And everyone went to his house. So they go to their house at night. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. If he loves to sleep outside, that's the man after my own heart. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple. And all the people came to him. And he sat down and he taught them. And then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what do you say? What say you? Well, what's really interesting about this story is you know, they bring in this woman who's caught in the very act of adultery to Jesus trying to trick him. And you're going to see that that's what the scripture says. But let me just give you what the law says. The law says this. If someone's caught into adultery, a man and a woman, bring them both. Bring the man and the woman. Where's the man? He, I mean, they caught the woman in the very act and the man's not there. They just want to kill the woman. So it, right off the bat, it's not even following the law, but they're just trying to mess with Jesus. Right? You, you're tracking with me? They, they're just trying to, to, to mess with him and get him to mess up. But what do you say, they said? And, and he said this, testing him. They said this, they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he didn't hear. Now, one of the things that scribes and, and, and theologians, people who, who wrote and interpret this, think that, you know, God wrote the Ten Commandments with his finger. He wrote it in stone with his finger. And well, maybe, Jesus, maybe Jesus was kind of doing that. Or, or maybe when he stooped down and he had his finger in his writing, maybe he was just writing their sin. Down, but I, I don't want us to get bogged down with any of that because that, that's to me, you know, it could be, you know, it could be, but it doesn't matter because what we're going to see is enlightenment. They said this test to him, and Jesus stoops down, he gets his finger, and he writes on the ground as if he didn't hear him. So when they continued asking him, they just kept on. He raised himself up and he said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. 
And then those who heard it being convicted, what were they? They were convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone with a woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. It's really interesting to me that when Jesus shines his light in the midst of this situation, that unbelievers still see and their conscience still messes with them, but they still didn't believe. They didn't stone the woman, but they still didn't believe that Jesus was the one who hears God, speaks what God speaks as God. And it matters. Jesus says, this is how you know you love me, when you keep my commandments, when you align yourself with me, when you come into the light, when you agree, when you stop doing what's right in your own mind and you start aligning your way of thinking and doing to me. I'm the light of the world. I bring light. I enlighten the crevices and the cracks of your life that don't look like me. I start growth there if you will align with me, and then I'll bring life to things that used to be dead. That's what Jesus is saying in these passages of Scripture. And he brings enlightenment in so many different ways. There's, there's so many people who've been enlightened by Jesus, even when it comes to the ordinary things in life. And that's what I want us to understand. Not only is it, is it in this spiritual context, but it's in everyday life context. Let me give you some examples. There's a guy named George Washington Carver. Anybody ever heard of him? He, 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 he's the guy who had all kinds of invention based on peanuts. And this is what he says. He said, God gave him every one of those things. He says, God gave him to, in dreams and visions. He would he'd give him how to begin to approach that. He would be enlightened by God. There was another person that uh, his name was Gary Starkwester. And he uh, invented the laser printer. And he said he got the laser printer invention in a dream. And a vision. God gave him a vision of how to make a laser printer. And down to the nitty-gritty, there's a gal named Mary Hunter. And Mary Hunter uh, is a great cook. And she says every one of her recipes, she don't have a cookbook because every one of her recipes were given to her in a vision by God. You know, I have the immediate thought that I've got this vision of eating all her recipes and, <laughs> and thinking. <laughs> I just want to, to say that you know, we think about hyper-spiritual things when it comes to enlightenment, but God wants to enlighten every area of your life. He says, you can't do anything without me. Yes. Or you can't do it to a place of, uh, of uh, 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 an escalated place of excellence without me. 
Even with our spiritual gift assessment, when we talk about how to operate in spiritual gifts around here, we call it a supernatural empowerment. You know, you've got skills and gifts you were created with incredible talents, and you were created to be in relationship with the Creator, but you were also created to create because you were created in His image, and He is Creator. But to have that stimulated in a way that's supernatural is the only way that you're ever going to reach your destiny. And Jesus says, I'm the way to that. I'm the life. I'm going to bring, I'm going to shine light on you, and you're going to begin to bring things out of yourself that you never could bring out. That's why he says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, I want to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. I want to get way bigger than what you think about yourself. I want that to, to, I want to take you to a place that you can't go on your own. And there's no way to go there except through me. I'm reminded of Ben Carson. How many know who Ben Carson is? He ran for president. Probably should have won. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, he had... He had this vision. There's two, two uh, Siamese twins that were connected by the brain in the head. And he knew that if he tried to operate, that he'd at least kill one, probably kill both of them. And he said that the Lord showed him in a dream how to do the operation. This is his testimony. He got an enlightenment from God on how to separate these two babies. Come on. And he does it, and it works. Yeah. You know, you start, and we, and we get where we think, you know, this is just, it's abnormal. No, it's normal. This is the relationship that Jesus is, is crying for, and he's, he's, saying, he's saying, God with you, God for you. How's he for you? He said, I want to enlighten you. I want to get in every crack, every crevice of your life, and I want to show you the goodness of God, what will happen if you'll just, if you'll just bring that into the light, if you'll just hit the switch and turn the light on. Let me show you and grow you into the person that I created and want to grow you into. And you can't do it without me. I'm for you. Quit trying to do it without me because you can't. And you've got to make a decision of whether you're going to, you're going to walk as the world walks. That's what, that's what the Pharisees did. They saw the light. I want, I want you to understand. They saw the light. They didn't stone the woman caught in adultery. But they still didn't believe. How do you know whether you believe? Whether you walk in the light. Whether you agree and align your ways with him. That's how you know. That's how you know you're saved. That's how you know you're in him. Because you've come to Jesus. You believe that Jesus' words are true. You believe that you can't separate his words from his nature. And he says, you follow me. You, You respond to the light. Which gets me back to my original point. It doesn't matter what the darkness is. It's what you do with the light. When Jesus illuminates your life, what do you do? 
You know, David, David, we've been talking about David a lot lately. David, the king who fooled around with somebody else's wife, got her pregnant, found out she was pregnant, killed her husband, had way too many wives and concubines outside of the ways of God, had a, the most dysfunctional family that you could ever read about. But God yet said about David, he's a man after my heart. He said about David that you, the, the Messiah will always be remembered as the son of David. Does the darkness matter? No. It was because when David was approached with enlightenment, from Nathan, when Nathan came to him and said, all this stuff has gone on and you're the man, David went, I am the man. I'm undone. I'm a mess. I really messed this thing up. Lord, help me. If there's any wicked way on me, show it to me, God, and I'll reject it. I'll turn from it and I'll go toward the light. And because he said yes to the light, the darkness was never held against him. It never had power over anything because light always has power over darkness. That's why it says in Scripture that there's no authority can ever pull you from the Father's hand. There's nothing that can take you from the Father's hand. So Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. I mean, <laughs> when I read the story, I go, wow. Oh, there's a couple of things I want you to see. It's really interesting. The first one is this, that the law, what the law does, and what the Pharisee was trying to do is they were, they were trying to shine light on the sin. And the law shines light on the sin. But what Jesus does is shine light on the sinner. And he says, he says to the sinner, I got your darkness. The, the, the light on the law shows you where you're missing it. So I'm a, but I got it. I, I am who I say I am. I've got that covered. I've got a way out for you. I've got life for you. I've got cleanliness for you. I've got righteousness. He shines his light on the, on, I am the good shepherd. I am, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the redeemer. And so it's what we do with the light that matters. Look at what it says in John chapter 12, verse 36. Beautiful passage. While you have the light, say that with me. While you have the light, believe in the light. While it's illuminated, while, while he's showing it to you, while he's shining down in the cracks and crevices, believe. Believe in who he is. Believe in what he did. Believe where he wants to take you. <laughs> what blows my mind more than anything else, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, it says, you are the light of the world. When you respond to the light, you become the light. When, when, when you start aligning yourself like Jesus, when you respond to the light 
correctly, when I respond to the light correctly, when we go somewhere, we can actually enlighten that place we go. We can, we can bring life to it. I'm reluctantly about to tell you a story that the Lord's requiring me to, and I'm closing. Sometimes, especially in this culture, you know, we, we've seen a lot of abuse in Christianity. Would you agree? There's a lot of people who don't go to church right now because there's been abuse in Christianity. Would you agree with that? And, and sometimes we can judge that. Sometimes I can, let me say, sometimes I can judge that. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can formulate an opinion about that that's just not very positive. I can say negative things about different types of ministries that, that um, or, or, or think negative thoughts. And, and, and I can, and really it comes, it comes from pride. And I'm going to spit this out before it all, you know, in a minute. I'm pretty sure I'm going to spit it all out. Before. I'm trying to get to the heart of all this, and this is very, um, this is very authentic. I've been involved with a, a lot of different ministries all over all over the United States, and, and sometimes you can f formulate those opinions, and, and I've heard this a lot from the Lord lately. Uh, you know, that's not my opinion about that ministry. You know, and what you're thinking about them might be true, but that's still not my heart toward them. And if you're in relationship with them in any way, if you bring the attitude that you're bringing, that's a worldly attitude, it's a judging attitude, and it actually has no ability to shine light on anything that they're doing. And so you really need to start bringing what I bring into it, and that is I want to redeem, reconcile, and correct all that stuff. You don't need to bring correction. You just need to bring love. You just need to bring honor. You need to align yourself with them because people are coming to Jesus in their ministry. The, the, the gospel is not returning void. Now, that's difficult. I say that to you because you've got places in your life that you, you're pretty strong in your opinion. Look to the person to your right and left. Said, "You know, you're pretty opinionated sometimes." Huh? <laughs> okay, look back. Say, "I know," but so are you. Go ahead. <laughs> and, and see, and what God wants us to do is He wants to show us how to redeem all those things that don't look like Him. And he does it with us. He does it with love. He, he, he does it with gentleness. He does it with kindness. It's the kindness of God that brings people to repentance. You see what I'm saying? Are y'all getting this? I'm the light of the world. And if you'll agree with me, I'll bring light and life to you. And then you will then become the light of the world. Set up on a hill so that everybody can see. I just want to be that as a church. This is such an encouraging thing. You're talking about fun life. 
There's no better life than to be able to know that God's going to continue to show who he is to you as you go. You can't grow without the light being shined on you. What a life that is to live. Amen? Amen. Let's stand for closing prayer. <laughs> Jesus, I thank you for writing the book. I thank you that we have this limited resource of your greatness. That when you spoke the world into existence and you created light, you created day, you created night. You created man and all the living beings. You created the oceans and the dry lands. You brought order to chaos. You give, Julie John is going to have open heart surgery, God, and you give the doctors the ability to actually correct that heart. It blows my mind that they can actually open up a chest and fix a heart because they've been enlightened by how you created things. So, Father, the, the word is not a very big thing to be without error if you created everything. How easy it is to, to write a Bible for you that doesn't have any error in it if you created everything there is. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You, God, you, Jesus, grow us. Father, I'm so encouraged. I'm so hope-filled of how much I'm going to learn in the future as I do what David did, as I respond to the light. I thank you for that. Pray in Jesus' name.